I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a little top up, Heather. Could I have some Sprite, please? It's right back there. You say when? That's that's plenty. Uh, you what? That's that's plenty. Oh, okay. I, I don't mix them as strong as you do. Oh, is that right? You only need to give me a little bit of mix. Okay, we'll get some mix there, buddy, and uh, we'll be right back, folks. So stay tuned. Uh, go and grab some uh, grab some uh, beer. That's it. Right back. Get some mix. Yep. Did you say I'm mixing this with beer? No, you're not mixing up with beer. We got tequila shots, though, buddy. <laughs> Good? Oh, that's good. All right. I guess one will be strong. That's good. <laughs> Welcome into Tim's Corner Live. Uh, an exciting night. And we had to play that clip before we came on, knowing that Richard Atkinson is going to be on the show. We did a shop stop up there last year. Didn't get it edited and out in time. Uh, you're going to see some highlights of that throughout the, uh, the show tonight, especially on uh, part number two when Richard joins us here on the show. But uh, for those that are, are, are new, that are just tuning in, welcome in Tim Terry, Denver Matchett. Dylan Langell is uh, off this evening. So we're going to be monitoring social uh, between the two of us. I think we can maybe handle half of a Dylan. So we'll, we'll get uh, uh, to your social comments as well. Uh, if you're watching us, we are live and interactive. Drop us a comment. Let us know where you're tuned in from. Uh, hit that share button. Let your friends know you're watching some racing and we're, in a couple of different places tonight, Denver. Uh, Tim's Corner Motorsports is the, is the place to be, obviously. We're here every single week on Monday nights. Uh, Speedway 660, uh, the Maritime League of Legends Tour, and of course, Scotia Speed World. So uh, we've got most of the Maritimes, or at least somewhat of the Maritimes, covered here this evening. Denver, how are you? You ready to go tonight? I'm set. This is going to be another fun episode. You know, episode number three already. Um, you know, it's been a success so far, Tim. We've had some great episodes and I'm really excited for what we got tonight. Uh, some great personalities, uh, one, uh, young gun and one, they call him the old musket. Uh, should be a lot of fun tonight. Uh, hopefully everyone's tuning in and be sure to comment live. We'll, like Tim said, we'll do the best we can without Dylan to, uh, monitor social, but that's what this is all about. eh, Tim, it's live, it's interactive. And that's, what's so great about it. Yeah. We're, we're trying some, some different things as well. Uh, Oz is watching who's on tonight. Well, we have Braden Langell coming up here in just a few moments' time. And, of course, uh, Richard Atkinson, uh, the old musket. Uh, Barry Richard is watching. I uh, want to thank Matt Martin for the stars. Uh, sent us some stars earlier. We're still trying to work out how this all this stuff works on Facebook. So, uh, Sean Curvin, Brian Cottle uh, watching us as well. Drop us a comment. 
uh, and let us know uh, your thoughts. Uh, Darian Austin Geldart is also watching. We're going to talk street stocks about the middle of this show as well with the big announcement uh, that came out last week. So we'll get to his comment um, in just a moment. So uh, every, every time we talk about rules, my phone lights up. Uh, I had, I think, two conversations with tech guys last week after the conversation that we had on this show. Uh, so we're going to try to skirt it as much as we can <laughs> without really uh, attacking it. I want to say hello to Angela Smith as well, uh, who was watching in on the Speedway 660 page. Welcome in uh, to the show. But uh, without further ado, let's bring in our first guest because I I'm excited to have this guy on board. Uh, driver of the number 51 uh, pro stalker uh, legend car ran some pro stock races with us uh, on the Maritime Pro Stock Tour, uh, has won Winter Nationals. He's won uh, at every racetrack he's been to when it comes to legend car racing, Bandolero Championships, list goes on and on. Uh, it's uh, the driver of the number 51 from Shuby. It's Braden Langell. Braden, is there anything you haven't won that I, I didn't mention? Uh, no, you know, I've been pretty fortunate um, from the start of my career to, well, right till this day, I guess. Um, there's lots of stuff I haven't won. Battle of the Big Top was the, the big one on my list. So I've always wanted to win the ring. But then I went to Florida and they changed the trophies to rings. So um, I finally got my ring that I wanted. And uh, no, it's, you know, it's been good. Um, I love racing. I love the community around it. The, it's just more of a family atmosphere than anything. But um, no, it's been, it's been an awesome ride. Maritime League of Legends Tour, TCM Power Performer, uh, Best Looking Car Award during the Bandolero Days, Championships all the way through. Uh, I, I guess we'll we'll start. You got your start. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been 10, 12 years. How long has it been? Oh, it's been a while. I started, uh, I started practicing a bando when I was about seven, just turned seven, I think. So it's been oh, I'm almost 20 now, so. 13 years since I started a bando car and I jumped into a legend when I was 12, maybe 13 and ran some races in the States. So, uh, it's been a long ride in a legend car too, actually. Ob's McDonald is saying we're a little low, Paul. I don't know if you can give us a little more volume or not, but we we've got the sound engineers in, in the chat here tonight. So, uh, maybe pump us up a, a couple of, uh, decibels there, but, uh, I guess we'll start with last year because we didn't get a whole lot of racing in, but you started off the year with the NXP Internationals Pro Series Championship. Uh, how cool was that? Obviously, you've had success down there uh, with the Little Gator Motorsports, the NX program. How cool is it to go down there and take away the championship? But the best drivers in the land, the Pro Division, was the one that you won. So how cool was that? Oh, that was awesome. You know, we've I've been going there in Texas for quite a while now. And uh, we've always run good, both with Kendall and Ryan Farber, both of them. But uh, there was always that one bad day that just, I mean, those guys are so good down there. The Zach Miracles and the Ryan Millers and the Ryan Farbos and the Sam Mayers and all those guys. You cannot throw a bad day in there. You cannot win. And that was always my gremlin. And um, I just, I, I've, I've always wanted the ring. I said, Craig, if I don't win to, uh, Florida this year, we're going to Texas. And um, I finally put five days together and I mean, that's what it was, but that's, I mean, that's the best of the best down there. As Rusty Marcus would say, it's five races in four days or whatever he does. Yeah, with yeah. Uh, how much of a grind is that? I, I, we've been through it a, a few times for us that are down there. We know how much of a grind it can be. They've added that off day, but 
it's almost a half season in a week. You get a couple of practice days before, then you go racing on Monday. There's a double somewhere in between there compared to what we see up here. And I know Wayne tried it a couple of years ago with the, the summer shootout at Petty Raceway, but how much of a grind is it in the middle of winter when, you know, we haven't been racing in a couple of months to go down there and do that thing. And then all of a sudden get ready to be turned on. Oh, it's, it's, it's huge. I mean, we usually fly down Friday night and you'd practice Saturday, practice Sunday and race Monday through Friday. I mean, like the Gilbys, they were asking about, Oh, do we go? Do we go? I said, listen, this is half of Scotia season in a week. <laughs> I said, your kid will learn as much as he will in Halifax in 12 races as he will in five days. It's a, it's a no brainer. Like it's just, it's still overwhelming to me to go down there seven days straight and you're running doubles and then it rains. And then there's days last year, I think, I think this year they ran triples one day, like, and then you get tore up in the middle of that. Like, it's just, it's, it's big. I mean, we have nothing really close to that around here two days a weekend, but not, not seven days straight. And with this year too, they had, I think at Auburndale, they had three features on Monday and then they kind of shoved everything Tuesday, Thursday, Friday and, and got everything in, which is the great thing about them. They're able to, to get the five races in. Uh, we've seen, I think there was one year with snow in Texas. Uh, you know, you try to fit everything in and uh, try to get everything to, to that point. But uh, you've had, you've had some trips down there. You've, you've gone to, to Vegas, you've done, done that deal. You've done uh, Texas, you've done Florida, What's, what's the, I, I guess, the most fun memory that you have from, from traveling and doing the Legend Car Bandolero thing? Um, oh, dear. I mean, it was all good. I've, I'm going to say last year, winning nationals, um, just that the whole ring deal. That was my, when I was a kid, I've always, the battle at the big top, the ring, was, that was all I ever wanted to win. And I had it taken away from me two years ago. I was one point ahead and got turned around in the last corner of the last lap of the last day and ended up losing it by a point. And that kind of really drove me to want to win it. And then I heard that Florida was going to go to the rings instead of trophies. And then that's what really, that's what I really wanted was a ring. And finally ended up getting one. If you're watching us on Tim's Corner, whether it's Speedway 660, Scotia Speed World Maritime League of Legends Tour, welcome in. Our guest is Braden Langell. Drop us a comment down below and let us know you're tuned in. Want to say hello to Deb. Deb is watching us uh, through Tim's Corner. Brett Patterson is watching us as well. If you have a question uh, for the driver, the number 51, Braden Langell, we'll, uh, we'll get around to it here in the, the next couple of moments. But uh, back to 2020. So you win the, win the ring, you win Winter Nationals, win the Pro Division, our season gets started late. It starts with the bubble buster at Petty. Uh, we get racing in at Petty. You went up to Sydney and, and almost clean swept Sydney. I think there was, I think the first race of the, the three on that triple, you, you ended up not starting. So we won't count that. Uh, Scotia Speed World went well for you. Uh, Speedway 660, obviously on Speed Weekend. Uh, what do you take from the local season in 2020? Uh, albeit shortened COVID, all that fun stuff. Oh, it was, a, it was an awesome season, but um there's no shortage of hard work involved. Um, I know there's always been the, well, in racing, you're either cheating or you're losing. You, you don't win ever. But like we, me and my father and Jeremy, even we've put a lot of hours into it, like just rebuilding cars and like just a lot of stuff that we do more work than a lot of people want to. And I mean, it shows, but then um, you get those people that are always oh, cheating, he's cheating. No, we just, I love winning more than I hate losing. So that drives you to be good. 
and races are, are won and lost in the shop. And I, I think we see that on the racetrack uh, last two years. I think the 2019, I think was a 17 win season or 15 wins in 17 races or, or something, something like that. Uh, it was, it was huge when it came to uh, that year. Uh, is there any win that you don't have currently on this legend car circuit in Atlantic Canada that, that you want to kind of check off that bucket list? Uh, the, the 660, the speed weekend was really the last big one that I haven't got. And, uh, it was a pleasure last year. I'm sure. I think that was one of the best legend car races that I've been a part of me and, uh, Craig McDonald, like the last 10 laps. Um, that was really cool because, uh, I was close the year before and got it taken away. So it was good to get that one. That was really the last one that I needed to check off around here. I want to say hello. Uh, Trish is watching. Mom's watching. Say hello to mom. Hey, mom. Uh, Jesse LeClaire, uh, Jordan Frazier, uh, Colton Morris. Can't wait to get racing again, especially at Oyster Beds. Well, you've got a couple of wins over there, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. That's a fun track, too. Uh, I like going over there. Uh, Tyler Hawes is watching. Didn't you guys get into a little bit of trouble last year in Moncton? Uh, maybe a okay, can bit. we can we tell that story here maybe, maybe a little bit <laughs> i don't know how, i don't know how much trouble but we had fun we, we had saw fun. you at st louis fire and grill at, at one point during that weekend and then i yeah. you guys you guys showed up the next day so i guess that's a positive right <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we showed up probably not as good of spirits as we were when we left but it was good that that's a part of racing craig rogers is watching as well so many wins with starts at the back i'll ask you about that 2019 season at Scotia because you didn't come away with the championship. You did everything but that year. I think you passed the most race cars and a 25 lap feature with the way they do that, that deal. If you win two or more features, you start the very back every single week uh, to come through in 25 laps. How hard was that to, to not only manage that, but also try to chase a championship at the same time. Oh, it's incredibly tough. Um, you know, the guy I've always said about Scotia winning championships, finish second or third every night if you can. Like, if I wanted, if I was championship points racing, that's what I would have done because they, that you win two and you start at three every week is like a, I get it, it's a penalty, but me personally, I think 50%. Like, if they do however they line their cars up, 50% or worse would be like the, the league of legends. That's what they do. Like 50% or worse, I think would be a fair penalty. So call it, but um, you know, I had a blast. I love, I love racing. <laughs> I don't want to start up front and drive around every week or I love, I just love racing. I, it, I puts a, it puts on a show, right? I, yeah. Like I, I take pride in passing cars because it shows work. It shows what I do every week. Now, I want to look forward a little bit to 2021, obviously, with with COVID and uh, with everything that's been going on around here with the keywords being circuit breakers. And I, I know you're you're a hockey guy. The HRM can't play hockey right now. We can go to the casino, but can't play hockey. Uh, there's there's all kinds of different things floating around. We're still two months away, three months away from racing season. So what are your plans for the year? Because back at the end of the season, you kind of hinted about kind of transitioning a little bit and going towards the business side of things on the Braden Langell motorsports side. So what's, what's the update on that for those that don't know uh, what was announced? What's, what's the plan right now for 2021? Yeah. So I kind of, um, I'm going to step back this year, actually, I think, and um, I'm in business school. So I was like, Hmm, this will be a good kind of venture to start out. 
So I'm going to uh, rent basically my services out to people who are kind of unsure, maybe like where to start in a legend car or their fifth place car and kind of want to get a little better or whatever, like whatever their situation is, I'm going to rent out my services and my knowledge around a legend car. And I'm also going to rent out my house car, just like I would do when we talked about the winter nationals deal and all that stuff. So um, that's, I think that's ultimately the plan. It's really dependent on the COVID situation and how the borders go. And even if we get to race this summer, you know, it's still a, still a huge unknown really for everybody. Now there's not a whole lot of drivers and, and crews around here that are kind of doing that thing. Uh, when we look at the, the other side of it, when we talk about uh, getting that knowledge, that expertise, that, that all that stuff, uh, it's common down south. Uh, you mentioned the Parbos and uh, all those other teams that do it when you go to Winter Nationals. But if there's somebody sitting there that's kind of on the fence and says, ah, I, I don't know if this can benefit me. You've been there before. What's the benefit? Uh, for me, like when we go to Florida, it's we've done like the math. It's $200-$300 more expensive. But I get on the plane Friday night. I fly down with all my gear. Um, I get in a race car that's already built. You know it's the best of the best. And there's no that that's not something that needs to be in the back of your head. Oh, did I tighten that bolt? Like, and the other part of it is, is if you destroy it, you just get in your truck and leave. And then it's not really, I mean, you're paying for it, but it's not your responsibility to be up all night to fix it or whatever. It's just um for me, like when we go to Florida, I know it's a little easier on, on my head and everything. You're not so stressed about doing all the work. And like if somebody wanted to come from Newfoundland or whatever and they wanted to race Halifax Friday night and Antigonish Saturday, we'll say, they can do that. And then Saturday, right after the race, they can go to Cape Breton and go through the cabin trail or do whatever because the race car is not the responsibility anymore. And that was, I guess, the next question. Given that the borders do open, is this something that, you know, let's say, let's say a local guy from Speedway 660 wants to, to hop into a legend car and, you know, he's got the experience, maybe in a late model or a, a mini stock or wants to be a part of that deal. Is that an option for them where you bring the race car to the racetrack up there and they can sit in that race car and, and it's not just a Halifax thing? No, absolutely. So this is like, if it goes through, it's going to be a full-fledged, like, um, Ashton Tucker had messaged me. If he wants to race, then it might be a little more expensive than Holland Halifax because I need to go four hours, but at the same time, it's like, that's, that's business. So yeah, I, I want to, I love traveling. So I love driving. I love doing all that stuff. So that's, that's definitely in the plans. I want to say hello to Jack Wilkins. Who's tuned in. Uh, Mike James is watching us. Uh, Daniel Adio is, is watching us as well. He's pumped for 2021. Uh, there's a guy that, that really lit it up last year in the uh, sharpshooters division at 660. If you're watching us, uh, drop us a comment. And uh, if you have any questions for Braden Langell, we'll, uh, we'll fire them at him. But uh, mm -hmm. I want to go back. Craig Rogers is watching it. And I don't want to pump up Craig. You, you know how that kind of works. But uh, <laughs> uh, Sam, Sam is, has really come along as a driver uh, he was in the car last year and, and ended up doing really well in that 51 car. Uh, we'll talk about Sam in a bit, but 
is there anybody else that you see coming up? Because you did the Bandolero thing. You did the legend thing. Uh, is there anybody else coming up through the ranks as, as a young kid that, you know, might be ready to take that next step that, that you see as somebody to watch? Oh, I mean, there's going to be a whole bunch of them. My, uh, my go-to guy is definitely the Gilbys, um, Gage Gilby. Like I've been helping him a lot. Um, he's a smart kid. He said some stuff last year that's just like, you shouldn't even know what you're talking about. But he like, I go over Gage, how's the car? And he would tell me things that, something that I would say. And he was 13 years old. It's just, it was scary how knowledgeable he is at such a young age. But um, all those guys that race, uh, the Colt Nobles, uh, the Dawson Noble, the Chase McKay's, Aiden Christensen, like all, the, all these kids that are, they're getting the opportunity to run through bandos and then get into a legend car at a young age. I, I think um, the 13, 14 age is where you kind of need to transition. And the Young Lions division at Scotia really helps that turn just, and I never had that. I had to wait till I was 16. So um, we were always traveling to Maine, New Hampshire, wherever I could race at such a young age. So I think the Halifax thing is going to progress a lot of these young guys faster too. And to that point, it's been a long time coming. Scotia Speed World has a young line division debuted last year. And that might've been kind of the underlying story of the COVID season because we really didn't get a whole lot of time to talk about it, but the young lion division uh, has those Chase McKay's, the Owen Mars, the Gage Gilby's, uh, the Dylan Dow's, uh, Brooke Dow eventually is getting into a legend car. Uh, it brings those bandoleros up. So you kind of touched on it, but how big of a step is that? in the right direction to, to not only bring these drivers up and uh, maybe progress those drivers and build them into, into drivers that are eventually going to be in their sportsman division, their bigger legends division, uh, pro stocks. Uh, how big of a step is that for Halifax and for Scotia Speed World? Uh, personally, I think it's huge. Um, we had always fought for it when I was in that kind of stage and had to wait um, till I was 16 to race in Halifax. I could go everywhere else in the Maritimes and race but I couldn't race in Halifax 10 minutes down the road, which sucked. But, um, and the other thing that was bad about that is you miss what 12 weekly races and three races on the tour. So you miss 15 races a summer in a legend car. So I think with the young lines deal, that's going to go on now, you're going to see bigger car counts because you're going to have people that, well, do we wait? Do we race bandos till we're 16? We can't go around legend cars full time, but now they can as a 14 year old. So I think you'll see an average five or six cars more every week. And then the tour is going to see that because these kids are going to want to race. So you're going to see bigger car counts in the, in the legend division. And then I think you'll see a lot more people progress into bigger cars and you're going to see bigger car counts again in the sportsman division or the mini stock division or the pro stock division or whatever it is. And it just kind of builds up from there. It, it progresses your drivers. The Bandolero division is doing a great job doing that. And obviously you look at the upper echelons of this sport, at least locally uh, with Cole Butcher and, and Jared and Nicholas Noggle and, and Dylan Blankhorn and yourself. And the list goes on and on. DJ Casey, uh, those, those kids that came up from Bandoleros and into legend cars and eventually uh, into pro stocks. And I kind of want to transition on that point. You did a season in a parts trucks, pro stock tour race car. Uh, how cool was it to compete with those drivers? And uh, if the opportunity comes along again, uh, would you, you know, put your, put your butt in that seat and get back in there? Oh, absolutely. Um, the problem with that is 
the funding for one. And the, the second thing is to find enough guys that know. <laughs> I mean, all the guys that love doing it are already with somebody. So to go out there and find five or six guys that know, you can't really teach. You can't go through a season compete, wanting to compete for wins and teach people what they need to do. That was kind of the struggle for us. Um, uh, super fortunate with to race with for Donald and George every week and to meet guys like I tested for Mark Martin and uh, Kenny Wallace, get to meet Brad Kozlowski and Joey Logano and all these guys. Like it was phenomenal. I, I really wish that um, something would come together again and I had the opportunity to do it again for sure. And you talked about working with Mark Martin and, and working with Kenny Wallace and you had a top five run in the IWK 250 a couple of years ago, went to PEI that year and uh, led a bunch of laps. I think you and Chris Hughes were the story in that race after leading a bunch of laps in that, that deal. Uh, when you look back on that, how cool was it to work with those guys? And uh, how cool was it to run up front with, you know, the guys like your John Flemings and your Donald Chisholm's and, and those guys that uh, we had Brent Roy on the show on the first show, you know, he told me he goes in and looks up to the guys like Sean Tucker and now he gets to be on the racetrack with them. So how cool was that experience as well? Uh, getting that ride in that pro stock. Uh, it was, I mean, awesome, like surreal, honestly, like when I was growing up, I remember going to the racetrack with my parents and it was the John Flemings and the Greg Crowds and the Jonathan Hickens and then, Jonathan Hicken, you're beating and banging with them like 10 years later. It's just like something that you never really think. It's like every kid's, well, every kid that loves race cars wants to go to NASCAR. And then look at like William Byron yesterday. He just beat, I'm sure, everyone that when he was iRacing was watching at Homestead. So it's, it's, it's the same kind of deal. Like I grew up watching all these guys, the Mark Martin, like Kenny Wallace. I got to hang out with Kenny for the week. Like, you know, all these guys from way bigger stages than what you're from. And then you get to, you get to live with them for a week or whatever, and it, or race with them. It was, it's cool. It's definitely a, it's an experience that I'll never forget as a person. I know that. And we got a couple of questions rolling in Brett Patterson. And I, I think uh, your mom kind of mentioned it as well. Have you had any rollovers, any big wrecks in the legend car that, that you look back to? And by the way, we should mention, we did see the onboard footage a little bit earlier on of the first race in Halifax in 2019, where I think, what did you, you broke like a lower control arm or something and, and somehow kept that thing off the fence without uh, doing any more damage to it. So there, there's, there's moments like that, but is there any, any big crashes that, that you remember from your racing career? Uh, I, well, I've had three memories that I remember vividly. The first one would be in a band of car and petty. <laughs> I still say to this day, I'm the sole reason that they have walls in the corners of Eddie. Um, my second one would be in Oxford. Um, I was underneath the Emily Meehan and I spun out. I would have been, this is when we were down there when I was a kid. And I remember looking out the window and just seeing some guy, I don't know, some, a local down there and he clobbered me. Anyways, I ended up with a concussion whiplash. And the most recent one would be, I think, Jarrett Butcher. Same kind of deal. He had spun out coming out of the two in Annie Ganesh. And I came up over like the hill like that. And when I when the car kind of flattened out, I just remember Jarrett like, and I was like, sorry, bud, this one's going to hurt. <laughs> and hit him square in the door. <laughs> for, for those that weren't there for that petty wreck, that was the one where you ended up with your bandolero in the trees, right? yeah 
Yeah, they had to get the chainsaw to cut the bando car out of the woods. <laughs> and thankfully, there's a wall over there. I think Darren McKinnon might have been the reason they built that one and two wall because I know he backed over there. I think the first or second race we were there. Right. Uh, so I think that might be the reason on the one and two side. You might be the reason on the three and four side. I think Nathan Blackburn went off in one and two, too, if I remember. Yep, he did. Yeah, there, there was a few, but it's we, we had the conversation with the 660 guys about a wall or in a beach and whatever else. But I guess the alternative at Petty was, was a, a dip off the, the banking. So I guess that's a, a wall probably helps it a little bit compared to trees and having to go search for a race car. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jack Wilkins wants to know, are the legend cars as hard to handle as they look because they look pretty squirrely at, at some, some points. Are, are they as hard to handle? Do you have to get up on the wheel as much as one might seem from the grandstand? They absolutely are. Um, they're 10 foot wheelbase. They're short. Um, they make right around 200 horsepower. So they're very like throttle sensitive. You can turn one on the throttle. You can be tight on the throttle. Like they're very throttle driven cars. And I explained the whole situation to everyone because they always ask, oh, what's the difference between a pro sock and legend? I said, the biggest difference is power steering. <laughs> legend cars have no power steering, but legend cars are harder to drive, easier to go fast in because if if you're just kind of, if you drive the wheels off it, it's going to be somewhat close. And pro sock cars are easier to drive, harder to go fast in because they're so more like, just momentum based where a legend car, like, I mean, you don't really want to step them out, but you need to drive them over their limits almost to be fast. And with being at the front of the field, you're racing those Craig McDonald's, the Corey Halls, the Andrew Lively's, uh, the Paul Goulden's, those guys up in front, Sam Rogers, you have to be on the edge of meta control. And those guys are doing the same thing in their race cars. Oh, and they're, you guys are doing it over 50 laps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I still get out. I go to the gym every day. I run 5k every day. I work out every day and I still get out after 50 laps and I'm wore out in a legend car, like wore out. I want to ask Richard Atkinson about his work regimen. Cause I have a feeling it's probably not going to be as, as well as yours is uh, <laughs> Corey Little's tuned in. Want to say hello to, to him. Uh, Sherry and Sean Tucker are tuned in. So want to say hello to them. They're waiting. I'm sure on the Richard Atkinson interview, if you do not have your drink poured yet, this is probably the time to pour it now because we're going to have Richard on here in about 10, 15 minutes or so. Uh, Bill Story, legends look like they would be a lot of fun. And I think there's a driver, I'll bring Denver in on this. There's a driver from Speedway 660 races at Petty Raceway that I, I'd love to see. Does a great job in a street stock car. Would love to see him in a legend car. Uh, Denver, do you have anything for uh, for Braden? Are you seeing anything on social that uh, you want to chime in with? Oh, I see over on the Speedway 660 page, we got Jody Ward, Steve Casey tuned in. But uh, Braden, I want to ask you about some of the battles you've had over the years. Uh, some of them maybe got a little bit heated, not to uh, open any wounds or anything, but uh, maybe a couple with Corey Hall. Any stories to tell from some of those battles? I know you can be a little fired up by times, and uh, that's what the fans love to see. But uh, any stories to tell from some of those battles? Uh, probably not any good stories. Um, I just I'm such a competitive guy I've said it earlier I hate I hate losing and uh me and Corey's history are just pretty rich um we've gone back a long ways I said last year I kind of sat down with myself and I said I don't we're just kind of acting like kids like it's just was kind of like a bicker thing I said it just doesn't need to be a thing I want to go to the racetrack I'm getting older now I just want to have fun I just want to go so if, if I lose well I'll work harder next week <laughs> If I win, great. I'm still going to work hard because I don't want to lose next week. 
but just um I don't know when everyone's younger and you want to win and this guy beats you and well he's cheating or whatever whatever the story is I mean there's there's lots of stories I'm sure a lot of people know the stories with me the good and the bad and the ugly but um I uh, just super super compassionate about what I do with everything really and um sometimes emotions can get the best yeah uh, Brent Roberts wants to ask favorite maritime racetrack and why Brent's been to a couple of these tracks. He, he knows them like the back of his hand, a uh, big maritime race fan. Uh, what, what is your favorite racetrack to race at in Atlantic Canada and why? Uh, I love Petty. I'm a huge Petty guy. Um, just there's no grip and I love it. <laughs> easiest way to do it terry uh, ward how i think this is how did your parents feel about you seeing seeing you race for the first time so that would have been a few years ago uh and that might be a qu question for for them because i'm sure they're in the uh, the chat but uh from your perspective how were your parents the first time that you got into to that bandolero car and, and started racing no oh, well my my dad like that's what he grew up doing he only he only went half a lap at the brass monkey oh, that would have been a while ago and uh hit the tow truck so he's only ever made half a lap in a race car but his um his good friend Seth Holbrook was um he developed Cobbush Motorsports so he's got to be around Kyle and all those guys quite a bit so he was always pushing me to be in a race car so he he liked it my mom did at first till I had the first bad wreck and then she uh she gave up watching she would she goes she just paces around she doesn't watch she'd always have to get somebody to text to keep her updated <laughs> she's one of the loudest ones at the racetrack though when you're in victory lane yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh i got a i got a huge um support group they're always uh they're always loud i, I love to see it she says she can't watch she she's still in chat that uh, yeah. tuned in uh doug jago's watching us hello from the great white north yeah you guys have a little bit of snow up there don't you denver yeah, there's a, a significant amount up uh, <laughs> north of Fredericton, uh, and they get getting a little more tonight. So uh, if we ever get a, a winter demo in, uh, there'll be plenty of snow. Uh, Darian Austin Gelder wants to know rental price for a legend car, but I think Braden, that would probably be a contact you because there's different racetracks and different programs and what have you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I had posted on my page. There's a couple different like option deals that you could go with. But I mean, that, those are kind of just base prices. Um, it would really depend on track and all that kind of stuff. For sure. uh, Jody Ward is watching. I think we mentioned him and Steve Casey over on the 660 page. Uh, if you're watching us, drop us a comment. Uh, we're interactive here. We're uh, just getting ready to close up with Braden. I got Richard Atkinson sitting in the wings. Got some street stocks to talk about as well. Uh, uh, not necessarily your, your division, Braden, but uh, from sitting out back and being involved in this sport for a while, the racetracks in New Brunswick are starting to kind of gelled and kind of work together. PEI bringing in the mix. Uh, what's your thought on, on, on this deal? And, uh, you know, seeing these racetracks kind of coming together with, with rule books and what have you, obviously NX puts out a rule book for legends and bandoleros that everybody follows. Uh, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's great. Um, racing is definitely a dying sport, really. Um, if I want to be truthful about it. Um, we kind of see car counts declining every year and less people interested and less harder to get fans around. So I think if the more people that we can get to work together in the small community that we have, the bigger it will get, the faster. Ron Ward wants to know, will you teach any of us old guys the, the tricks of the trade? <laughs> 
Um, I will teach Ron if he gets on a Polaris rather than a cat. That's the only way. Uh, Greg Dow says you haven't won on a snow-covered track yet. Uh, no. But apparently, if you, from what we heard earlier, if you make more than a half lap, you're winning, right? Yeah, exactly, for sure. I was, I was gonna go. I had a, I had an old Sunfire, and uh, Craig sold it on me, so I never got a chance to go. But I was, I was all planned to go. But if I seen that they posted they're gonna have another one, so I'm gonna try and get up for that one. Yeah, that is March 13th. So if you're looking to get a car together and uh, you're in the province of Nova Scotia, it's a perfect uh, chance to head up there and they had 43 cars the first time. It was a great little show. So uh, hopefully that uh, that works out well for everybody at Sydney Speedway. And I'm sure we'll catch up with the winner after uh, that one is all said and done. Uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned Worm earlier. You mentioned Craig. You can't do this alone. Who's on the crew? Uh, sponsorship wise, who makes it happen for the 51 car? Oh, it obviously starts with my father um, ever since, well, when I started at seven, like I said, I didn't know, I didn't even know what a wrench was. So it was really all him. Like I'd be inside playing video games and he'd be out there busting his ass every night, um, come home from work and kind of put a race car together for me when I didn't really know. And then he finally said, all right, you're old enough. If you want to do it, then you need to start working on it. Um, and that's kind of where I got involved. And then uh, Worm, which is my best friend forever, uh, Jeremy LeDrew. He's always done my tires. I've never had a problem. So big kudos to him. Uh, I know it's a big job. That's uh, kind of a stressful job, but uh, he's always been there for me. Um, and then Andrew Gilby, uh, me and Andrew kind of gelled a couple years ago, and I've been helping Gage a little, and then he helped me out. And, uh, of course, Velocity, um, Tektronics, and uh, Belkrunners.net. They're all, uh, they've all been a big part of my racing career. Now, Craig Rogers says you're racing sleds this winter. It's the wrong brand, but you're having fun. Do you want to throw anything at Craig and, and Ron there before we, we kind of close this off? No, no. <laughs> Just, I'm still waiting to see Craig Rogers in a legend car. I, I think that would be, can we, can we swab? I know Sam still has the car. It's for sale. But if, if that car still hangs around, can we put Craig in Sam's car and, you know, maybe put Craig in your car and, and try to have a, like a Craig and Craig show here? That would be awesome. I, I've, I've always said it about the Bandos. They should have a Bando dad race. I think that would be cool. Put all I, the dads I, in Bando cars and let them race. I think there was a discussion back about when the Bandos were 10-year were anniversary in Scotia. It was about five years ago now about an alumni race. And you can fit a big driver in those race cars. We've seen it down in Florida. So yeah. maybe it's maybe it's something to uh, to look at. Frankie Frazier, most talented young driver in the Maritimes. Uh, uh, pretty big words coming from, uh, I, I guess, your next door neighbor. He's somewhere in Shuby, too. Yeah, he's across the river, but uh, that's huge. You know, the, the Frazier name's a huge uh, name around the racetrack. Uh, Frank Sr., Frank Jr., and Scotty, obviously. Now, we're getting ready. And Brent Patterson asked about hats. Uh, do you have any merch uh, I get, coming I up? I got all kinds. Yeah, I got long sleeve shirts. I got short sleeve shirts. I got toques and hats. There if he wants to shoot me a message, I will uh, get some out to him. Awesome. There you go. And I, for the TCM side, we're working uh, with the, with the, I think the same guys, you got your stuff through LJ, right? Yeah. 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 So we got an exciting announcement coming with TCM here in the next week or so with, uh, with LJ designs and, and Lee Jordan and, and all those guys down there. Uh, we're going to, we're going to talk a little street stocks before we get to Richard, but have you heard anything about Richard Atkinson? Because he, he's one of the best personalities around in the province of New Brunswick. Any, uh, any questions for an old guy like, uh, Richard Atkinson in that sportsman car that we can uh, maybe throw at him, put him on the hot seat. I don't know about any questions. I've seen him race a couple of times and he's always uh, seems like a fun bubbly guy around the racetrack. 
we're going to have him on here in uh, just a few moments. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, Braden. Uh, it's been great, and uh, we'll catch up before this uh, pandemic ends, season starts, all that fun stuff. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tim. Uh, thank you for being a part of it. That's Braden Langell, driver of the number 51 Legend Car, and uh, we're going to get ready to talk a little bit of street stock racing. And, and Denver, this is where we come in, and uh, – we got Chris Wilson's B-roll on the screen right now and uh, five races, Miramichi, Shediac, uh, Speedway 660, Oyster Bed Speedway, uh, Petty Raceway, coming together five races for the Maritime Street Stock Series. It was announced last week with Robbie McLean on the show. Uh, and these races are done by the racetracks. Uh, it's not necessarily a tour like you would see with the Maritime League of Legends Tour, the East Coast Mini Stock Tour, or what have you. It's it's a, a track run series. These races are done by those own racetracks. Uh, and it's created quite a, quite a buzz. Uh, you're involved with Miramichi. Uh, what have you been hearing over the last week or so since that uh, ball kind of dropped here last week? I've been hearing a lot of excitement all around. You know, this, just the story with tracks working together, that's something that is virtually unheard of. And, and you know, outside of maybe New Hampshire, Ontario, and a few scattered spots across uh, the continent, you know, that's virtually unheard of. And I've seen, you know, the news about a maritime street stock series and, and the maritime tracks working together. That's hit all across North America, which is crazy. But here locally, the drivers are excited. You know, this is something that a lot of people have been asking for for a number of years. Um, you know, they've wanted to be able to travel and, and not just are we seeing the tracks work together with rules, but in order to do this series, we're also seeing it with schedules. So, the way the schedules are set up, each event of this series, there is no other track competing with uh, a street stock class that night. So it's going to work out phenomenally that drivers can travel, uh, go to all the races. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of talent. The street stock class in, in New Brunswick and PEI is phenomenal. Lots of talent. Uh, I think there's well over 50, 60 cars. And I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see this series grow to the point where last chance qualifiers are needed again. Um, so definitely lots of excitement. Uh, you know, obviously we're still a little bit away and, and a lot of uncertainty with COVID and, and whatnot, but uh, this is going to be big. It's huge for the street stock class, which has really needed a boost in the last few years. And you look at the races on this schedule, Tim, the first one that comes to mind is Petty's 5k race day. Uh, you know, that race is going to pay 5,000 to win. I think Wayne said there's $20 a lap in lap money. They, they, someone's going to walk away with over 7,000 in that race. Um, you know, Miramichi's race paid 2000 to win to Logan Power last year after all the bonuses and stuff. Um, and, and, you know, I'm sure between PEI, Shediac and 660, they'll have some big paydays as well, plus 1500 to win for the overall series. There's some big money to go around. And so that, it's definitely going to be exciting. Yeah, we saw last year with the air car construction, which was 75. It's now a 100 Speedway 660. That is that is an event in its own that that uh, Brent and, and Max and Shauna and, and the whole uh, the DMR Auto, those guys have come together to really build another race. And uh, you look at some of the, the highlights that we have on our screen now uh, from those races and from those racetracks. Uh, there's a lot of positive uh, coming out of this racetracks working together and uh, trying to work on schedules. And I, I keep saying it, I don't like to toot my own horn. Uh, but it comes back to the Keith McIntosh and, and I conversation here about a couple of years ago. And it, it surrounded the street stock division where there was four racetracks on one night running those, that division. And it came to a point where there was 30 cars that night 
the biggest car count was 10. Uh, we had one track running four cars. Uh, it's trying to build the sport together and, and try to, to say, hey, if you take that division off, you have that division coming up on the card. You're going to have a lot of cars come to that race. Uh, there's different drivers on different agendas. Some can't afford the point race. Uh, some can only afford to do a certain amount of races. Uh, so I think it kind of brings everything together. Um, we had a couple of, of comments in, in the chat and Darian Austin uh, Geldart is watching and uh, he talked about rules and, and uh, the rule book is as close as it's ever been. And, and he mentioned there's, there's some work to do uh, with, with, with their race car uh, to, to try to get it a little bit closer. And I think that eventually comes in. Uh, I think there's some, some time there to work. Uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. Uh, but I think the rule package is, is closer than it's ever been. And that's the great thing about these racetracks, at least having that open line of communication is that they can talk with each other. And if something does come up, uh, you can go to your Tony Leonard's, your Donnie Greer's, your, your, you know, your Brad Daly's, uh, Wayne Smith's, those guys, uh, Eldon Campbell's, uh, those guys that are, are overseeing the tech because it's done at a different racetrack. When you go to Oyster Bed Speedway, it's going to be Marvin doing the tech. Uh, so you'll be able to, you know, get that side of things too, but the rule book, I, I don't think you're ever going to see a, a standard rule book where every single word is down to the letter, but I think we're as close as we've ever been. Absolutely. I, you know, I spent uh, my weekend, uh, talking with Eldon and Barry a lot about the street stock rules, taking what 660 has and, you know, 660's released their full rule book. Uh, so far they're the only one to do so. Petty has released the updates and changes to their rule book, but we're, you know, we're all working together trying to get things. Like you said, it's not going to be quite standardized and it's not going to be to the letter verbatim, all exactly the same, but in theory, in practicality, the cars are going to be identical as close as they can, as close as they've ever been really. And like you said, this all really started back in 2019, I think is when things really hit a low point with, with tracks working together and, the summit was a huge part in starting the conversation and combine that with what we experienced with COVID, it forced the tracks to, to work together. You know, if the tracks don't work together, we don't see the success that the tracks in New Brunswick saw last year. You know, unfortunately the rest of the Maritimes didn't quite get their seasons to the full extent that they could have due to the regulations the respective provinces had, but it, it really started that conversation and, and it opened a lot of eyes. Um, and with the rules, you know, I think there is still some more work to do. Um, well, I think what, if you look at what we've seen in recent years is the cost has really gone up with street stock. And that's one thing that, you know, I know I've talked to Scott Kenny and Brent at 660. We've talked to, you know, all the different tracks and they say the same thing that the biggest complaint is the cost and how it's gone up with street stock. Uh, I think some of the rules you see is a step to trying to kind of rein it in a little bit, prevent it from going any further, you know. I'm sure you've heard it, Tim. We've seen and heard comparisons of street stock and sportsmen uh, in recent years, and you don't want it to get that far. You know, this is still an entry-level division. You take guys that are maybe in their 20s, uh, didn't get that opportunity in a bando or a legend at a young age. That's where they're going to likely start is either a mini stock or a street stock. So uh, there's obviously still some work to do. Uh, it's it's come as far as it ever has. And I'd like to see this continue like, evolve past just street stock show we've seen uh, riverside and scotia work together with the sportsman rules to bring one common rule book and hopefully we see that expand you know cross borders into new brunswick with the mini stocks it'd be nice to see that but uh, you know right now the conversation is street stock it's phenomenal it's exciting 
um, there's going to be a lot, a lot of drivers uh, going to those races and uh, a lot on the line. And, and Darian mentions the camshaft and rebuild and, and crate engine being different. And, and I don't want to get into rules because we've mentioned it at the top of the show that every time I mention rules, I get phone calls and I get text messages. And so far, I don't have anything from Wayne Smith and Donnie Greer or <laughs> Marvin or, or uh, Blair or anybody over to Oyster Bend. So I think we're fine. Um, we'll we'll kind of leave it at that. Uh, the only other thing I think we saw was, was some of the Nova Scotia fans had mentioned, and there was a lot of talk about Sydney Speedway. Uh, why isn't there a race at Sydney at Riverside at Scotia? And I think the, the simple answer is there's no street stock division. And I know I'm going to get a bunch of messages blown up from Sydney. Uh, they had four cars last year on their Pugihashi race. Uh, there, there was two, there were six cars. There was two cars from outside. We're not going to count those cars. There's no established car count. When you go to the center for speed or you go to Speedway 660 and uh, Speedway Miramichi, Petty, Oyster Bed, these, these racetracks have a, a, an established division. So they're going to be able to pull on those dates that, that are not conflicting dates, that street stock division and be able to grow. Um, Scotia Speed World doesn't have a street stock division, no interest in bringing it back. Uh, Riverside tried it a couple of years ago on a Friday night and there was not a whole lot of interest to bring those guys down. Yes, I know it's 10 years down the road or five years or whatever it's been, um, but there's no established car count. I think that's the easiest thing to explain it. Now, now Denver, I think you, you brought it up to me and, and I'm going to bring up this example that uh, it's a far travel. If you want to go to Scotia Speed World, the Petty Raceway, which is the closest racetrack to Nova Scotia, not counting Oyster Bed Speedway because you can hop the boat and come over, but let's let's think there's high winds and the boat's closed. Uh, let's uh, it's two ish hours if you boogie from Petty to Scotia, and probably a little bit more. Um, it's you know both the same to Riverside. It's a good four, five, six hour hike from Petty to Sydney. At that point, you may as well load the cars up and tell them to go to Speedway 95 or Oxford or. Uh, was Cassett or Beach Ridge or somewhere down there because I think at that point at least they have street stock cars and it's still a long long hike you hit the nail on the head Tim you know you have to look at logistics and we say it all the time racetracks are a business and the tracks are putting up their own money to fund this series there is about 60 street stock cars between New Brunswick and PEI and they're all within a three-hour radius you know, there is a few in Nova Scotia, like you said, you know, J.R. Lawson has one, Dan Smith runs his truck still. And like you said, there's three or four in Sydney, but you know, when you look at it, it has to make sense financially. And for some of the guys, so that trip to Nova Scotia might be what deters them from running the series. And if they're going to miss one race, chances are they're going to miss more than one. And that's going to hurt the overall success of the series. Um, and from a business standpoint, that's not what you want from a fan standpoint. We want to maximize car counts. Uh, you know, obviously, if the tracks in Nova Scotia were, you know, if, if Riverside and Sydney were to work something out, maybe get street stocks down there and it was to grow, that's something to look at down the road, maybe. But like you said, for right now, for the guys at 660, they could haul to any track in the state of Maine, you know, if considering borders were open, obviously we're in unique times, but it's a shorter distance than some of the tracks in Nova Scotia. Um, so logistically, that would obviously hurt it to some extent. And, and you know, we want this to be a success. It, you take everything. You, you can't build Rome in a day. I, I'm sure you've said that, but uh, you know you have to start somewhere. This is a phenomenal start. This is where the cars are. Five tracks. There's 60 to 70 cars to choose from, all within a three-hour drive. The tracks aren't competing with each other on the given nights. They're putting up big money. Uh, it's a recipe for success if things are to go well, if the cooperation is to continue. And you know, maybe someday we do get to see more cars in Nova Scotia. But it, 
you could use the example. It would be like uh, trying to run a modified race at, at Riverside or, or Sydney. I know the guys would love to go try those tracks, but at the same point, it's a long haul. Uh, given that most of the cars are in New Brunswick and you take a six or seven hour drive, you're looking at, you know, at least a two day trip. You're looking at staying overnight, uh, possibly taking a day off work. And I know there's guys that come run New Brunswick and do both. You know, we saw Brennan McGinnis come up to Miramichi and run a couple of years ago. And we saw James Matchett haul from Miramichi to Sydney. So it's not saying that it's not possible. And we're not trying to say that don't go run those tracks. You know, we want all tracks in the Maritimes to be a success, but uh, just given the logistics and the business side of things, that's kind of where it's at. Uh, what we have on paper right now is what makes the most sense. And uh, it's the best recipe for success. And hopefully that's what we see and hopefully everyone will support it. And, uh, you know, we can only hope that we can grow it from here. And you mentioned one name before we go get Richard Atkinson, because I know he's waiting in the wings. And we got about 40 minutes and that's, that's, I don't think long enough to, to, to kind of encompass what Richard Atkinson is, but uh, you mentioned one name in Brendan McGinnis and I want to give Brendan a ton, of, a ton of credit from last year from the promotional standpoint of things. And I know he was running around like a chicken with his head cut off during the winter blast uh, two weeks ago. Uh, he was one of the ones that, that first shared the article that we had on Thursday and, uh, kind of said it's a good thing I kept my street stock around and, and supporting it. Not only can Brennan wheel a race car like nobody else can, uh, he's he understands that that business side of things. And I, it, there was the comment about let's throw a bunch of money at it in Sydney, and the cars will come. Well, Greg's tried that the last couple of years between him and Brennan, and they didn't show. So I, there there's been effort there. It just wasn't the right effort. So hopefully and. and you talk about Rome wasn't built in a day and they're trying to build this thing and whatever else. And uh, hopefully it gets to the point that, you know, maybe eventually down the road that they can go to Sydney, they can go to Riverside, they can go to Scotia, heck go to Lake Dowsett. Uh, you know, there's only a, a ferry ride from St. John to, to Digby. Uh, but it's, it's, it's building. And I think the, what the racetracks are doing up there is, is great. And hopefully that for those that, that are in Nova Scotia that kind of are questioning it, I hope that gives you a little bit of insight as much as we can give you, that's going to be able to to kind of say hey i never thought of that um but uh let's uh let's get our next guest on because this guy is the uh i don't want to say the life of the party but he he definitely is and we'll see if we can get uh, get him hooked up here a driver of the number 40 model 10 apartment sportsman car at speedway 660 uh he's been to petty international raceway he's been around a couple of times we're we're waiting for this technology thing to work and hopefully he's uh he's got his ears on and we can uh, connect to him and uh had a couple of great runs uh last couple of years he picked up the first win for that brand new uh, gen 5 five-star race car body uh, a couple of years ago at speedway 660 uh sat on the pole last year as we just saw for the uh martin's home heating sportsman race on speed weekend uh he was able to uh uh, get away the heat race. We're, we're taking a look at that heat race now between himself and Brady Kramer uh, on the show. And uh, there's there was some some great racing action last year uh, out of this guy. And we're, we're still technology when it works. It's great. Um, so we're, we're still waiting for uh, Mr. Atkinson to uh, come on here with the uh, with the call. But uh, last year, uh, there, there he is right there. We're going to get the audio audio on. We'll. Uh, do that and uh, see if we can get a copy. Rich, you got us. Yes, absolutely. Well, there we go. Welcome into TCM Live. Do you have your drink poured? I sure do, my boy. Yes, sir. You just topped that up, didn't you? Yeah. 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 
He's out. Uh, Heather's uh, Heather's just watching the show here right now. You're doing a little trail right there right now. Yeah, there, there's there's been, there's been some some highlights. We showed some highlights from last year at that that Martin's home meeting sportsman race at Speed Weekend. Uh, how cool was that to, to start on the pole? And Wade, Wade had mentioned during driver introductions that's the one race you haven't won yet. And I don't want to bring back bad memories that Wade had, but you had one hell of a run there last year. Uh, let's I guess we'll start there. Let's talk about that race, uh, that big race on Speed Weekend last year. Well, I guess. We started out uh, pretty good there during practice there. Nick and the boys had set, made up some good changes there. And Sean had uh, put a good setup in the car. And uh, anyway, um, the car was working good all day long. And Greg, I just, I just went out and drove. That's all I did. I wasn't expecting to finish on the pole or, you know, or finish the first or anything like that, right? So anyway, I just went out there and drove. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> And, and you came home with, with a heat win. We just saw the heat win between you and Brady Kramer going back and forth. How, how fun was that to try to, to get that in, to lead that field eventually to green in the feature? That was awesome. Um, I remember coming up on Brady, and uh, Brady's a great cat, man. Like him and I talk a lot uh, through Messenger and stuff like that there. And I, I do a few things for him and stuff like that there uh, in regards to drivetrain and stuff. And anyway, um, He's out in Edmonton right now, way out there. But uh, I was coming up on him, and I said, geez, the car's ticking good, but he's, he looks like he's drifting up there a little good, right? And I said, if I could just put a little bit of pressure on him, maybe he'll, he'll be rear, uh, rear view mirror watching. And anyway, that's the way it turned out. And anyway, I, I got him right there coming into three, going out of four, and that was it, done, right? And I, you know what? I was coming off the track, and everybody was saying to me on the radio, Rick, why come you didn't go to victory lane? What's going on? You didn't go to victory lane. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a great. I was weekend. excited. I was you excited. That's it. Right? I, yeah. So anyway, I, I was just anyway. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and for those that don't know you, you you get pretty excited in behind the wheel. Uh, how much is it for Heather to try to contain some of that excitement on the radio? Uh, she has her hands full. Uh, she has her hands full. Um, she uh, she does an absolutely amazing job. Um, Brad Jackson, I don't know if you remember that guy or not, but he used to spot for, um, um, oh, God, I'm trying to remember now, 79 of, um, anyway, uh, talked to her about spotting and all that. But anyway, she has her hand full with me, and uh, forgive me, I'm a little nervous right now, just like getting in, I was just sitting here this whole time, sitting in the lineup waiting for my qualifying run, so here I am, <laughs> I'm doing my qualifying run, and uh, anyway, um, uh so she has a hard she, she has a good time with it she laughs at me right uh, you know what it's it's it really fun because at the end of the race she always pumps me up always pumps me up right like that there she'll always sometimes she'll say okay you got that one now the foot on the right is makes you go faster all right that one there in the middle uh, don't use it much but anyway yeah so yeah she plays around with me sometimes on the radio yeah. uh terry ward says brent wiggins it's the name yes. you're looking for. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much, Terry. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh, for those that are watching on, on Facebook, our guest is Richard Atkinson. If you're watching us, wh whether you're watching us on the Scotia Speed World page, Maritime League of Legends, say hello to your Nova Scotia fans, by the way. Hi, guys. How you doing? <laughs> hey, I missed the IWK 250. I want to get down there and watch that again. I had a great time with Sean and Sherry and all the boys down there. Bye. You know, you got a few drinks. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to bring the sportsman car down at some point, right? Well, you know what? I really would love to do that. I would really love to do that. I just have to find the funding, you know, and anyway, 
I'm retired military now, so I'm living on a pension. My sugar mama's sitting in there watching the show, so I mean that's about it, right? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there's some interested folks watching. So if if you have uh, if you have it in your budget, hit up Richard Atkinson for the season. Now we're also on the Speedway 660 page and at uh, Tim's Corner Motorsports. So if you have a question, comment, what have you, uh, drop it down in the chat, and we'll uh, we'll get to it as the night goes on. Now we talked about off the start of the show where we did the shop stop last year, didn't get it completely edited and. and format it and you know put the shine on it and whatever else but uh tell some stories i guess from from that night because i guess we started off about how you started in racing and uh you know Braden says he's old he started out like 10 12 years ago you go a little bit deeper than that don't you i i do actually but uh um i started uh 1985 uh started out at uh uh riverglade uh and uh uh, yeah, River, uh, yeah, Riverglade, and started what was called the Duke's Class. I bought my uh, first car from Gary McLean, uh, the Squirrel. Uh, anyway, um, and had a great time going down there. And from there on, I haven't stopped. And I took a year or three years off uh, when I went to Germany, nine from nineteen ninety three, right? And came back, got right back into the seat again, right? It's a passion. I love it, right? Yeah. So I've been doing it ever since, brother. There's a story that, that we told on the shop stop deal that, that we haven't got out yet about, I think you went down to, to Riverglade and you sat in the trailer uh, in the race car or on the trailer in the race car. Is there something like that that, uh, that I remember? Mm. Or at least that we can tell. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't remember that one. Okay. Um, but, uh, I, oh, 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 down to Hammond River. I used to go down with my dad, all right? He used to get towed down there, right? And I used to sit in the race car That's it. all the way down yeah. from Sussex to Hammond River, right? Back in the day when you used to weld the two tires together in the front right or in the right rear, right, whatever, and a little donut wheel in the, in the front left. Anyway, yeah, I, I, man, that was a fun track to go through. I even hitchhiked back and forth there a few times as a kid. Yeah. Uh, Jack, Jack Wilkins wants to know when the Bahama Mamas are going to be at the Tiki Bar. Oh, geez. Thanks, Jack. Oh, and I want to give a big shout out for Jack there. He built me a very nice sign for the Tiki Bar. And uh, anyway, yeah, uh, first weekend in May, buddy, I'm going to have that Tiki Bar going. So I'm learning some new drinks. So anyway, we're going to have a get together in May, uh, late May sometime. So the invitation will be out. So anybody that wants to join us. All right. Um, yeah, BYOB. Have a great time. COVID police might be around. I don't know. Anyway, we'll keep them out there. <laughs> That's, that's what I was going to ask. What, what have you learned over the, the, the off season? Because ironically, when the season ended is kind of when everything started to come down, the bubble deflated, what have you. Uh, mm. some, new, some new drinks. What else have you been doing in the off season? Well, um, working on my car. Working on my car. I had to, uh, I had to build two new uh, 90s four rear ends, right? I uh, built a jig. I had a friend there. Durrell's machine shop built me a uh, jig for the tubes and stuff like that there. So had to build two new nine-inch nine inch four rear ends uh, to keep me busy there because of what happened in Petty, all right? So I said, I'm going to have one spare one, and then I'll have the one on the car, right? So that won't happen again. Other than that, um, I've been building transmissions for a few people um, and working on my own car, yeah. Uh, Doug Jago's watching. He wants to know, is Richard a crate man or a built engine guy? I'm one of the diehards there, boss. Um, yeah, I'm still a built guy. Uh, still a built guy. I can't afford a crate. I'd love to have a crate so I could get rid of the weight penalty I have. All right. Um, but uh, I just can't afford it. 
And you know, everything that's got to go with a crate, you got to have a good four barrel carburetor. You just don't want one off the shelf. Uh, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. But I, uh, I just can't afford that right now. And I've got two perfectly good built motors. So yeah, uh, I'm Brent sorry. Yeah, Brent Patterson wants to know what's the worst wreck that you've had. And I know we talked about this a little bit during the, the shop stop, because I think there was a couple of pictures on the wall in your shop. I think there's one yes. of you and Matt Millette parked together. What's, yeah. what, what, do you, what do you remember? What's, what's the worst wreck that you, you've had? In the the worst wreck I ever had, okay? And Bradley Logan can attest to this. Michael Banks can attest to this. Glenn Knott can attest to this. And this was my fault, okay? And this accident was totally my fault. Um, well, really partially mechanical. I'm going to say it's all mechanical. And I learned after this wreck that I did, all right, that I should always double clamp my hoses, all right? Always double clamp my hoses. Well, we were going into three, all right? And my lower rad hose broke, all right? And when it broke, it just, and I was like, I think I was second. I was behind Brian McNaughton, third maybe, anyway. And uh, it was feature time. Going into three, broke the lower uh, lower rattles, and it just gushed everywhere, right? Well, nobody could stop. There were six, seven cars piled on each other, right? We had, yeah, uh, Michael Banks was upside down. Glenn Knott was three quarters upside down. I was buried under everybody, uh, pretty much. Yep, it was a bad wreck. It was a bad wreck. But anyway, everybody walked away perfectly fine, right? But yeah, that was the worst one. And the most funniest one, um was uh one day we were out got out of the track and the guys forgot to put the gas cap on the car and anyway i went out there and caught on fire i'm going around like batman with the flames on flamer i mean uh flame man going around there and uh just get her anyway that's when we had scanners all right so the old tower said oh before you get off the track there you're burning up or something but that was a funny one anyway that's some yeah those are the two two worse anyway yeah and, and there's there's one in the in the shop with Matt Millette. What 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 can you recall from that one? Okay, um, and I'm sure if Matt's watching, uh, he may correct me. But what was going on was um, I had stopped because of, there was a wreck uh, right in front of us coming off a of two. All right, so I'd stop, slow down. I was at the top of the top of the uh, top of the bank. Okay, and anyway, his throttle stuck. All right. And where did he end up? Right underneath me. Pushed me right up into the bank. Oh, yeah, it was not good. Tore the carburetor off that poor boy's engine and a whole bunch of other stuff. He didn't end up finishing. I ended up picking the car up and putting it on the track and going again, right? So, yeah, I had to replace the gas tank bar that weekend. But anyways, yeah. If you're, if you're watching us on Facebook, drop us a comment. And uh, Ashley Tucker is watching. Uh, Hi, Ashley. She wants to know, can the borders Cheers. open up so she can come steal corn from you and Heather? Yeah, sure. Listen, you're military now. You should be able to do a, a reconnaissance and find your way through the border. <laughs> not, not, not that we're, 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 you know, going, going for against, no, you know, no, trying to start no, no, some rules. No, 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 just, just getting around, just getting around, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. We, you but we had a good time in the shop. We had a good time. I was trying to feed your, feed your rum and, and get you drunk thereby. You know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, all, all, always good times uh yeah we we talked about hammond river and you mentioned river glade and, and petty raceway jody ward wants to know do you remember racing in caribou yes oh me good gosh gravy jody yes sir that was an adventure it was it was 
We were on our way down to Caribou. I had an old F-250, 76 F-250. I just got a, got a license to put on the road, right? And anyway, when I went and picked it up in Moncton, there was no floorboards in it. It was a Flintstone truck running down there, right? Had a transfer slip on it, so we were good. Got her all fixed up, got her license registered and everything like that there. So we're on our way down to Caribou, Maine. Well, that was when, um, who was it that organized that? Oh, he's a, he's a finance guy now. Uh, Robert Miner. Robert Miner organized that, I do believe. And uh, anyway, we were on our way down there. Yeah. As soon as we got past the border hidden in there, right? Then it started leaking gas. Then it started freaking overheating. Then it whatever, right? So we made it there. Same thing on the way back. Yeah. What normally would take you about two or three hours to get home, it took us eight. Because we had to stop, put soap on the gas tank and all this kind of stuff, right? Stop leaks. <laughs> but how was the race? Oh, the race was awesome. That was Sean Warren won the feature down there. Uh, yeah, yeah, he uh, won the feature down there. And uh, yeah, uh, he ran really good. We all ran really good with the state boys down there. Yep. Ashley called you an old fart, but I, I, she didn't get the memo. It's musket, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love you too, Ashley. <laughs> uh, let's look at it. We had the question about the 2021 season, and obviously we, we kind of touched on it with Braden with – uh, the pandemic, who knows what the, the restrictions are going to be. Hopefully it comes to where we kind of were last year in New Brunswick where we can do some racing. Uh, all those racetracks are coming together as if they're going to run points championships. What's, uh, what is your plan? What's on your radar for the season? Well, um, our plan is to do the whole season. Um, and, off, and on the off weekends, if, if finances allow it, all right, I'd like to do Petty more than once. Um, last year, we had an excellent run going. Um, we started uh, Qualified 14. By the way, I love time trialing. That's so much fun. So much fun. But anyway, um, and cars are cars don't get wrecked in a heat race, right? You know what I'm saying? You got cars for the main feature, right? So anyway, we started 14th. And I, we were like lap 35, 36. And we were, I was catching uh, Lori Cormier. And he was fifth. Right. And then the big wreck came out and that was it for us that night. But uh, I'd like to go down. I'd like to go down and do that again. Right. Yeah. But uh, the plan is to do the whole season here and uh, do some camping a little bit. Um, and that's about it, I guess. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't really have a championship in 2020. So the last time we had a championship, it was you and Curtis Collins kind of going at it for that championship. Yeah. So you, you, you got to one up yourself. Right. I do. I do. I do. I do. You know, I love running with that guy. That young man is, uh, is an excellent driver. Um, he's got a heart of gold and, uh, you know, he and I give each other respectful room, right? I guess if I can put it, uh, in a, in a polite way. All right. Um, we're not afraid to each use each other up a little bit, you know, and stuff like that there. And, and that's part of racing, right? That's part of racing. When you've got 10 laps to go and you're running one and two, guess what? It's time to do the job. It's time to do the work, right? So he and I, oh, it, it, it's a lot of fun running with him. I remember one night he got into me and, and turned me a real bad there. And uh, anyway, he was great upset about it, right? Like that there. And he thought I was right pissed off, right pissed off. He come over and sat on the deck and he apologized. Look, right down, tapped him on the shoulder. Here, have a drink or you know what? It's okay, man. It's okay. It's all part of racing, right? Shit happens, right? Shit happens. And anyway, because I had done it, you know, a couple of times, maybe one time to him or whatever, right? You know, so shit like that happens. Can't take it, can't take it uh, to heart. As, like I used to, like I used to get out of the car and pump 
pump freaking push-ups, okay, because I was so pissed off at things, right? But it's too hard on the ticker. I'm getting older. <laughs> I, I guess that kind of goes into to my next kind of question I want to ask. And, and you've been around the sport for a while. And uh, for these young kids that are, are working their way up through the ranks and, you know, might be starting in a bandolero or maybe racing a sharpshooter, uh, what oh. kind of advice can you give them w- just starting out their career, uh, knowing that, you, you know, you were there at one point? Yeah. You know, I think the biggest thing is don't get caught up in the hype and don't get caught up in, in, you know, trying to do your best right away. All right. Enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy what you're doing. Okay. Cause that was my issue. I wanted to go to the front every weekend right away. Well, that wasn't working for me. All right. I had to learn how to do that and it takes time. And I guess the other thing is, Take the time to work on the car with with dad or with mom or with the family, all right? Um, just don't show up and jump in the seat and expect to go, all right? Uh, spend time because, you know, at the beginning of my career, all right, um, my dad was just around for a little while and then he passed away, all right? And then um, I was on my own. And But I guess the other thing I could say to them is just have a blast, man. Just have a blast, you know? Just, you know, it, there's a lot of people out there that want to do what you're doing and you're doing it, right? So, yeah, I guess that's the biggest thing. Have a blast. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think Stephen Gass once told me, we don't make a lot, a lot of money in this sport where we sure have a lot of fun. And I think that kind of right. t- yeah. ties Freaking everything right. together. Cheers to him. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Brett Patterson wants to know, we talked about Bradley Logan. Did you ever race in Cedar Mills with Bradley Logan? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. But... That was another gentleman that uh, I loved racing against. And I actually seen him there at uh, Princess Auto there just a few weeks ago. And I've asked him a few times. I said, Brad, you know, when you and I were racing together, did you ever have that stroker in your car when we were racing together? Is that the reason why I couldn't catch you? And uh, he looked at me and said, nope, never did. Never did. And I said, okay. <laughs> uh, we we. Yeah. We look back at cool memories on this sport and, and, you know, recent memories. We look at 2019, I guess it was, where you went to Victory Lane with that uh, new five-star body. Uh, is there any other memories recently uh, battle with, with Curtis Collins we touched on? Uh, but uh, is there anything that you can bring out that uh, in your recent racing career that you can remember on and look back fondly on? I guess um, recently. I guess I think I think some of the the biggest achievements I've had um, is like winning the pole on big nights, like you know on Speed Weekend. Those are my biggest uh, biggest achievements. Um, my my very biggest achievement, and this goes back a while ago, but was winning a feature against Brian McNaughton and dedicating it to a good friend of mine, Daryl Preed, who passed away in Afghanistan. Right, that was my one of my biggest achievements. But recently, um, I'm gonna say winning the pole. Okay, two years in a row, speed weekend, all right? Those are my two biggest achievements, I guess. Yeah, and winning the inaugural, all right, feature with the new five-star Gen 6 body, all right? Being the first one in Atlantic Canada to win, I think. I think I was, wasn't I? Yep, you were. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a a big one. Like, that's a big one, right? Like, that there, I got to give a big shout-out to Sean Tucker and, and Dustin Tucker for that because they set the car up. They put that body on, right? And they did a whirlwind of a job, whirlwind of a job. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we kind of told the story on the shop stop deal where that that wasn't really ready to come out, but Five Star kind of 
dropped the, the bomb on you a little bit, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember when it was posted and and Dustin uh, tagged me or something like that there and said, well, I guess the cat's out of the bag now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Rand, Randy McCoy uh, says Cedar Mill's awesome little racetrack. I, I think Randy's one of those guys we're eventually going to have to get on the show. You want to talk about yeah. guys that are invested in this sport. Randy's definitely. Yeah. Randy McCoy, the stock car boy, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He goes back a long, long way, man. And you know what? That man is filled with knowledge, no doubt. And I have never had the chance to pick it. Right. And I wish I, you know, I hope I do sometime, but you know, with a beer. So Randy, if you're listening, <laughs> This summer down at the track, by you're going to go sit with some rum and have a little talk. <laughs> there, there you go. We're, we're already making connections for 2021. Uh, Jack Tanner comments, correct, correct. Time in the shop is some of the best memories. And he would know because he's had a couple of uh, youngsters come up through the sport and spend mm-hmm. some time in, in Shuby. Uh, Sherry says, good point, Rick. Uh, you need your family to support you. It's, it's a family sport, whether it's in your blood family or not. So yeah. I think that kind of ties everything together too. Yeah. Yeah. Sherry's uh Sherry's a great supporter of this, uh, of this, um, uh, sport, you know, and yeah, yeah. Behind every good man is a good woman and behind every good woman is a good man. Right. That's being politically correct. I'm running for office, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Denver, do you, do you have anything? Are you seeing anything on, on social, anything you want to throw at the old musket? I haven't seen anything on social, Tim, but Richard, I have a couple things I want to touch on. And at first, and I hope he's watching. Hey, two weeks ago, hey, uh, two weeks ago, we had Brett Roy on the show. And the question of the week was, if you had a pro stock, which Brett Roy does, Brett Roy has a pro stock. Um, and you were looking to put someone who doesn't have a pro stock right in it, who would it be? And he said you. So are we going to see you in a pro stock in 2021? Like, are we going to hold Brent Roy to that promise that in 2021, <laughs> Richard Atkinson will be in a pro stock? You know what? That was awesome when he said that, you know, and Sean, uh, Sean Tucker also said, you know, when he's down there practicing, he wouldn't mind me taking a, taking this car for a spin either. Right. And uh, anyway, I would love, I would love before I pass on to drive a pro stock. I would really do. I, you know, um, I'm so envious of those guys that, that have a pro stock because, you know, I may not be the best driver in a pro stock right away, but I'm, I'm eager to learn. I'm eager to learn hard, right? Yep. I'm 57 years old, but I've got a 20 year old heart. Boys, I'll tell you that. And, uh, I'll tell you, but, uh, you know what? I like the whole brand of that. <laughs> I agree. I think we should hold Brent to that. He, oh, he's God. actually in the chat right now, and he wants to know how many miles are on that rocker that you have. <laughs> oh, mine? Oh, a few miles. Actually, not this one. Not this one. We just got it. We just got it there. Leon's got a great deal on, by the way. No, I'm not sponsored by them. <laughs> so so you, you've got another one that if he wants to have a sit and chat about that pro stock deal, you're more than open to it? Oh, yeah, sure. It's right here. Right beside me. Yep. <laughs> The table uh, run right between us. Daniel mentions he thinks you and Slocum need to hop in his two four cylinder cars and have a little battle. Now Rick Cashel hopped down from a street stock to a four cylinder. I don't want to say hop down because those uh-huh. guys put on one hell of a show every single week. Oh, uh, they do. But, but he hopped in and he did okay. But I don't think it was Ricky's uh, cup of tea compared to a street stock. Um, right. If uh, if you had the opportunity to to get in there with you know a guy like Roger Slocum, would you would you do it? Oh yeah. Hell yeah, give it a man. Ron's got a right foot in the brake pedal, and we're good to go. <laughs> we're so good we to might go. 
we might not have you a pro stock ride, but we've got you a sharpshooter ride at least for one race this year by the sounds of it. So, I, I, well, I, thanks I, a lot, boss. Thanks a lot, boss. Appreciate I think it. we've accomplished something tonight, right? <laughs> so, while we're on the topic of other divisions, you were slated to have a modified ride last year. I know that didn't happen. Is that going to be on the table for 2021? Could we see you in a sportsman, a, a sharpshooter, a pro stock, and a modified? Well, that would be cool, wouldn't it? Um, but uh, yes, um, Stacy Medor. Uh, and I had a had a thing going on there for last year uh, in regards to um, running his AOW, all right, his modified. And um, I'm still looking forward to doing that. I think that's in the play for this year, uh, maybe one or two races. We're doing some work. Uh, he's doing some work to it right now because there's things that I pointed out that I'd like to see fixed before I get in the car. And anyway, um, but yeah, the car looks amazing. They're doing great work to it. Um, I'm going to be really, really proud and happy to uh, pilot that thing, you know, and I may not get it to the front, but I'm not going to be afraid to touch wheels if I have to, right, <laughs> sort of thing. I guess that's a no-no, is it, in those things? Uh, we've seen, you know, we've seen some cars go a little wild, but it'll be a show, guaranteed. You no, know, Glenn Knott's made out uh, a couple races in a modified. <laughs> I'm sure you can, uh, you know. I think Glenn ended up uh, sideways on the backstretch during one of them, so yeah. uh, he's going to do better than Glenn. I took one. I took one for a spin, uh, spin there years ago when they first came out. Chris Hardy. I don't know if you remember that name or not. Okay, a good friend of mine. He had one down at the track. He had built one. I took it out. I said, "Holy freaking dynamite! I can't believe my head's just went bad enough to just go right to the right here." Yeah, I look like <laughs> a freaking. But anyway, it's just the G forces in them things, but it's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, Brett Patterson wants to know if you have any hats, t-shirt, merch available for for the twenty twenty one season. We will have, we will have, and uh, yeah, we're getting uh, we're getting some a new order of hats, uh, some shirts, and uh, stuff like that there. So yeah, they'll be available when uh, when we get down there. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of the mugs. I, I've got a mug sitting somewhere off, off camera here, so I'm a fan of the mugs. Good, good. Um, <laughs> we've got, uh, I think we've got a different design going on the mugs again this year, something like that there, right? But anyway, we just like doing that because, um, and we don't really ask much for anything. Because we just want to give back. We just want to give back. That's all we want to do, rather than I and the team. And we've, we've got a couple of more moments left with, with Richard. Uh, we've got about 10, 15-ish minutes left. So if you have a comment, you want to throw something at the old musket, drop it uh, in chat. We just got one, too. Uh, yeah, we, we, we did. Uh, do you want to? Yeah, you, you can handle that one. All right. So Nick Moore. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Nick. Hi, Nick. <laughs> he uh, asked, he says, Richard, uh, do you know how to tighten the left front tire? Oh, yeah, you're funny, Nick. Yeah, you're funny. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I went out in the track and the freaking left front tire. He, he left me in charge of tightening the tires up, and I forgot one. Anyway, we went out there for the heat, and I left that left front loose or something like that there. Couldn't figure out what was going on. He walked over and correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, but I think you walked over and tightened them up with your fingers. Yeah, something like that there. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a great group on my team, you know. They're always picking on me. Right. <laughs> yeah. When, when they're when they're not they're not at you, they're uh, they're they're getting everything ready to go. Brett Patterson wants to know if you are planning on changing the car scheme, the color scheme on on your car this year. Well, uh, that's an excellent question, Bob. Um, I had sent the guys out on our little chat group there. All right, our little uh, uh, look. I'm not tech savvy here. You know what I'm saying on <laughs> Messenger. 
on a uh, messenger there and I sent them a picture of, uh, of a car and they all kind of, some of them liked it, some of them different did. And you know what? I, I went back to the old adage there when time there back in a while ago when a lady came up and said, cause I was changing colors every year. Right. And they got mad at me because they didn't know who I was. Right. So I said, you know what? I just going to stick with it this year. Same line, same everything. No change, no change. Right. So yeah, going to stay the same back. Craig Sloan White always said the the rap in the shop trying to keep it up keep is uh is is the job in itself and oh uh, it is when we we had him on last week he went back to a rap instead of a solid red car so I guess I guess he's he's ready for the work uh, well uh, I'll tell you I've got semi wrap on my car and my son guy all right gives me the thing and tells me to do it because <laughs> he says you know what you're gonna learn how to do this and by the way. <laughs> And by the way, I have a whole new respect for people that do raps and do signs, vinyl. You guys are gods, all right? Jack, Jeff, right? You guys are just gods, all right? So anyway. I yeah. Think, I think I hear Jack creeping in the chat. We actually don't have sound in the chat, but I think I can hear him creeping. So I'm waiting for the comment. Oh, was uh, that right? <laughs> you know, uh, Charlene Casey, uh, dad uses his mug every morning. Sherry says the same thing that she, she uses her mug too. So they're... Uh, the mugs are well-traveled for sure. They are an excellent family, you know, and I'm so blessed to have them, you know, uh, as friends. And Steve is an amazing help on the team. You know, I put an air conditioner in the race trailer just for him, right? Hint, hint. Yeah. Anyway, and me too. But, uh, yeah, you still there? Yep. Yep, we got you. Okay. Yep. Okay. I just seen this black and white picture come up. That's all. Yep. Yep. No, no, you're good. Uh, okay. I'll ask you about the trailer because you went with an open trailer for, for so long. And then a couple of years ago, uh, went the change to the enclosed trailer. Let's, uh, let's talk about that. The, the ups and the downs. And I, I guess when you look at that enclosed trailer, it, it looks like the race car because the, the race car is on the side of the trailer, right? That's right. Um, an opportunity presented itself and I've always wanted to have an enclosed trailer. That's Jack, isn't it? I know it's Jack. No, it's, anyway. it's Ashley. Oh, I've always wanted to have it an enclosed trailer. You know, for the simple reason is that when I lock her up and the car's in the in the in the lineup out there on Friday night, I don't really have to worry about it, right? But on an open trailer, right, you have to worry about stuff like that there because who's playing with Jack and Bolts? Who's playing with this or who's playing with that, right? I've seen it in my day, right? So anyway, you know the car is good because you had it at the track the night before. Right now it's shit, real bad, real bad. Right, so somebody played with it. Anyway, I don't. That's in the past. But anyway, I uh, and I put the wrap on it. Jeff did the wrap on it and uh, gave me a really good deal on it. And I said I always want people to know what's inside this trailer. Right, it's a race car that's in this trailer. All right, it's used. So that's the way I went. So yeah, I and you know what? When it rains, I don't have to sit in my truck. I can sit in my trailer now. I built a nice bench bed in in the trailer. And anyway. I got a stereo in there now. I'm going to put a TV in it too. So anyway. <laughs> well, there, there you go. It all works. Maybe we will get the uh, the TV coverage up there uh, again for Speed Weekend and a couple of those races. We'll get it wired up so you can watch the racetrack when you don't have to physically be on the racetrack. There uh, you go. Ashley says she found her compass and it might take her a while to get back through New Brunswick. Put the black Cadillacs on, girl. Let's go. March. Cadillac uh, quick March. We, we've got a couple of more moments before we, we close off this show. So if you have a comment, uh, drop it down there and uh, brings it back to the family aspect. And I, I, I ask everybody that, that goes to Speedway 660 about the atmosphere at the racetrack. And you mentioned the camping. 
I think it comes back to the season opener that we did last year where we kind of had the round table sort of deal with uh, you, me, Denver, Meredith, uh, Randy Titus, Justin Cole, Sean Highslip, their kids, uh, Glenn Knott was there. That, that was a lot of fun. And I think that kind of brings the full perspective in uh, as the family aspect. But what, what is it about racing at Speedway 660 that makes it so special? Well, it's not only Speedway 660 that makes special, okay? Petty and all those other racetracks, okay? The atmosphere there, the, the, fam- the family-orientated atmosphere of it is you can talk to anybody, all right? And everybody's got a smile on their face pretty much because why? We're racing, right? And, you know, the other thing too is that if you need a part, somebody's got it and they're going to let you use it. I, I know that's the way I am, all right? A lot of people have come to me and borrowed parts from me, all right? And I'll be the first one to give it to you, all right? My spare transmit, I'll give you that, right? It doesn't matter. I want to see you out on the track. And the atmosphere is just, you know, everybody says hi to each other, right? You know, yeah, sure, you were pissed off the night weekend before because somebody bumped you or rubbed you the wrong way, but you got to let it go. You got to let it go a little bit, right? You got to let it go. What happened in Petty to me, I had a hard time letting that go, right? But anyway, that's in the past. And I've let it go. So anyway, I guess what you're trying to say is, or I'm trying to say is um, the atmosphere is, the family atmosphere is, is what makes racing, right? That's what it's all about. We, we've got a couple of moments left, Denver. Is there anything that we haven't thrown at the old musket? We could we could do this for another couple of hours and, and still be fine. But we got a uh, Sim 500 race to cover here in about a half hour. So right. is, there, right. is there anything else that uh, Denver that we, we might have missed here that... Uh, you can uh, you can toss it, Richard. I got one more thing in my notes, Tim. And yep. Richard, the schedule came out a couple of weeks ago, and one of the big stories is a 200-lap sportsman race. Oh, what are your thoughts? Oh, I was waiting for you to ask me that. I'm sitting here, and I know they're going to ask me about that. Anyway, um, you know, I, I wish they had a, consulted us a little bit on the 200-lap race, okay? Um, it's not that I don't mind doing it. I just think about the wear and tear in our cars. Um, the lab 150, 125, 150, our cars are pretty good for that stuff. All right, like that there. There's no real, real issue with that. But that extra 50, it puts a little more tear and wear on everything, right? And like, what are the uh, what are the rules for that 200? Is it going to be just four tire, eight tire? You got to have eight tire, four tire? What is it? Um, what are you going to be allowed to do? Are you going to be allowed to come in and change tires somewhere along the line? Or do you have to do the whole 200 in the same tires? Or do you have to, you know, whatever. These are getting into the rules. And I know Tim doesn't want to get into the rules. But <laughs> it, would have been, it would have been nice to be consulted about that because, you know, so that we could prepare and figure out, you know, what we're going to do for our strategy and maybe put our two cents in. And I think that's the great thing about Speedway 660 and, and Brent and Shauna and Max and, and that whole crew. They're they're willing to, to work and, and try to put everything together. So uh, yeah. I think they'll, they'll take a little bit of that consideration yeah. as well. I don't want to uh, shoot myself in the foot. I don't want to shoot myself in the foot with anything. But it's just I, uh, I like the 150s, right? I like the 150s. The 200s are a little harder on this whole musket's body, right? Because there's no pee breaks, right? <laughs> Braden Langell talked about his regiment for working out what what's your regiment for for working out before a race before a race yeah uh, many, uh, many times to the bathroom on race day okay but but my regiment there is no regiment okay um i just go with the flow buddy i go with the flow i used to do pt seven days a week when i was in the military and i've kind of slapped off now <laughs> so so Braden might have you beat on that 
Oh yeah, the guy probably kicked my ass doing the 10-meter run. Uh, we'll, we'll see when he's up there on speed weekend with the legend car i mean he said he has a legend car available so maybe we'll have to get you in that too we got your ride i think in every division so far <laughs> <That's great>. uh, <laughs> stacy Medor says the car will be ready for you whenever you want to run it so that that's there's one car Thank uh, you, brady kramer says richard is a class act but he's still returning to bump and run next year <laughs> yes that's right that's what i did too <laughs> that's right <laughs> i love you brady <laughs> uh, sounds good to me man <laughs> if, you can bump me around me but you gotta get by me first <laughs> uh, and daniel says if brent roy keeps his word to put you in a pro stock he'll keep your word to put uh, you in a four-cylinder car his so no, i think we've no. I don't, how many i think we have what 10 races at speedway 660 you might be racing like a couple of doubles and some triples oh uh, that's awesome yeah some, I'll somewhere there I'll, I'll sweat some weight off that's perfect <laughs> keep the uh, lid handy keep the lid handy <laughs> now before before we go we, we said before there, there's a good woman behind every every good man where's heather is heather close that she can get on here and introduce herself yep, yep she's right here she's right here come here honey <laughs> Honey, say hello. <laughs> Heather. She's, oh, she's, she's, in the other, she's in the other room, right? And she's in the sunroom, laughing her head off, <laughs> shaking her fist at me. Well, there she is. Hi, Heather. <laughs> is it, okay, we're, we're almost done. Is there any story, though, that you can tell of Richard that maybe we haven't told yet tonight? I didn't quite get the, all of that because I took the earphones out. What was the first part? Is there any story that we haven't told about Richard that you can maybe maybe tell us as, as a final little uh, uh, story? <laughs> no, I think he's told quite a few of them. <laughs> I know uh, when he was talking about me being on the radio and, you know, calming him down, probably when I first started spotting for Rick, I probably maybe still got more upset and oh, yeah, you know, yeah. bothered than oh, he right. did. So sometimes it wasn't just necessarily him that had to be calmed down. It was, uh, it was myself too, but we definitely worked pretty good together as a team and uh, help each other through that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's all good. <laughs> she says a couple of times, she said, keep Richard in the car. And uh, anyway, make sure he doesn't get out of the car. Anyway, you see her beating her down the track to talk to somebody. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you, guys anyway. have, you guys have a great crew. Uh, you guys got a bunch of sponsors on that, that race car. Who, who makes it happen to get that car to the racetrack each week? Well, um, first of all, um, I want to give a big shout out to you and uh, everybody that puts this program on. Okay, God bless you all uh, for keeping us in the... Uh, the loop of things uh, you do, guys. You guys do an absolutely amazing job. Um, uh, roof doctor Donnie at Roof Doctor. Okay, I want to say thank you to him. Uh, Model Town Apartments, uh, great team there. Uh, Dave and Lee, Charlie's Tire, the whole team there. All right, uh, Gray Signs, um, <clears throat> Andrew Lavoie, Next Level uh, Group um, from PEI. Okay, Andrew and I. Are good friends okay we've known each other for a very long time i actually sold him my first street stock all right i did yep 
and uh, he had a great time. He won a, a couple of races uh, here in 660. Um, and Daryl's Machine Shop, Daryl, just around the corner, right? That's where I get all my cheap parts made. Anyway, no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to catch that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, no, I just uh, want to give a big shout out to them. And uh, yeah, um, th those are the people that keep things going. And the other thing I want to say is uh, thank you to uh, Jody, Steve, Nick Mott, my wife, Heather, um, and all their support uh, during the 2020 uh, 20 and 2021 season. Uh, God bless them all. Um, they put a lot of hours, you know, uh, in the car on the weekend. And uh, I, I love them all to death. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's pretty much going to do it. Denver, any any final thoughts before we we let Richard free for the night? Oh, well, Richard, uh, thanks for coming on. It was a, a pleasure and lots of fun as always. Uh, hope we'll have to get him back on, Tim, because there's I'm sure there's many more stories that we'll be able to come up with. But uh, Richard, uh, best of oh, luck I want this to see year. My I'm sure my she's at watching. she's at work tonight, but uh, I'll let her know you said hi. Okay, um, all right. But, for, yeah. for for those that don't know, that was during the, the live show that we did back during the Riverview Port Lincoln season opener. What can you shed us some light there, Richard? Because you you met a family connection you didn't even know existed. That's right, Meredith. Mer she's my cousin from Sussex, and uh, Gordy Hay. All right, a real my my cousin there. Uh, Gordy is um, uh, Meredith is Gordy's daughter, and anyway, Gordy and I grew up together. Oh my God, man, we got in a lot of shit, but I tell you. We used to shoot BB guns at each other. We used to do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, it was quite funny. Anyway, I yeah, uh, we when we were doing that live thing there, right? Meredith come up. We said, "Do you know who I am?" I said, "No, I don't." She said, "Well, I'm your cousin." I said, "Really? Oh my good gosh, Greedy! Listen, what cousin are you? Gordy Hay. You know Gordy? Oh my God!" Anyway, I <laughs> I damn near cried my eyes out right there. I said, "Look at that." Yes, sir. Uh... This has yeah. been fun. Uh, I, I think we need another like two hours, but uh, we'll get you on at some point again and uh, we'll reminisce and we'll, we'll tell some more stories. Thanks okay. for this, Richard. It's been fun. Okay. Well, listen, I hope I entertained everybody tonight and uh, I'm glad for the questions and everybody that watched this program. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. I was really nervous. It was just like being in a race car before going onto the track. I, you know, got to go pee, got to go pee. But anyway, anyway, it's okay. Heather's going like this to me. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we thank you for being a part of it. We'll uh, we'll do it again sometime real soon. And uh, once these borders open up, we'll come up there. I need to have a, uh, a drink at the Tiki Bar. That's, yes. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. You'll enjoy it. Okay, bye. Yeah. Th Take thank you, care, Richard. Everybody. God bless you all. So that's Richard Atkinson, driver of the number 40 car. Uh, we want to thank all our marketing partners that help us do this on a, on a regular basis, not only here during the virtual side of things, but also during uh, the real racing season. So we want to uh, thank everybody. Those uh, great partners are on your screen right now. Uh, and if you want to join the Tim's Corner family, you're uh, just get in contact with us. And we mentioned uh, Lee Jordan, LJ Designs, uh, logo going to be popping up there uh, in the next week or so with uh, some new t-shirts, uh, potentially some hoodies, potentially some hats. Uh, I'm going to talk to Lee and get everything hammered out, but uh, Lee does some phenomenal stuff. So if you're looking for merch for your race team this year, uh, LJ Designs with a, with a Z uh, .net will uh, we'll get you on there. Uh, Denver, final thoughts. We're getting ready to close this out. We're a little bit uh, over time, but I kind of figured <laughs> we would be, which, which is not necessarily a bad thing. We've got about 40 minutes until we go. Uh, 
racing on Vidane TV, the virtual side of things with the uh, Trans Service Cup Series. Want to say hello to Richard Beasley, though. Uh, he is actually running the number 10 this season. He always has been. Uh, he is running the TCM 10th anniversary car this year for uh, Sim 500. So I uh, want to thank Richard for uh, being a part of that, the Two Drunk Esports brand, and uh, great to have him along for the ride. So uh, final thoughts. I, I, we we had a good start. We had we had Brent on the first show and Jeffrey Breen, and we move up and uh, had a great show last week. And, and now I, I don't know how we top it on episode four, but we're, uh, we're going to give it a go. I, I know uh, Brent had mentioned about uh, Justin Cole and a couple of guest uh, lineups, but if you have anybody that you want to see on the show, uh, drop it down below. Oh, I see Meredith has finally made her appearance. We went long yeah. enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Final thoughts before we uh, send this one off. This one was a lot of fun, Tim. Uh, we had some great guests today. Obviously, we knew Richard Atkinson is going to entertain. Uh, that was phenomenal. And obviously, Brayden Landon, one of the top young guns. And, uh, you know, we got to get to work now for next week and see what we can come up with. But uh, overall, a fantastic show. Lots of interaction uh, and even some great discussion with the Street Stock series and really looking forward to what's to come with that. Uh, you know, maybe we'll get some big news coming up this week. Hopefully, I haven't heard everything yet, but uh, that doesn't mean it won't come. Uh, to uh, spice up next week's show and uh, you know time's taken when we started this we were three months away from uh, race season and, and we're down to two and a half so uh, pending uh, things operating as normal by May you know it's getting closer I got a couple of things on my desk nothing earth shattering yet but I know there's a couple of announcements coming down the road and uh, we'll, we'll get to those, uh, as they come up. Well, a big thank you to Paul Strickland Jr. from Vidane TV for, uh, helping us out, getting us on the air this evening. And, uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Sim 500 is coming up, uh, on Vidane TV in just a few moments. Uh, we've got the, uh, Wednesday night deal with the TCM weekly iRacing series, not announced yet Thursday. We're going to be on before NEPS with the, uh, what we're going to call the TCM circuit breaker race. Uh, quick little race at Stafford Motor Speedway before the NEPS series goes eastbound is doing something next Tuesday. Uh, and of course, tomorrow, the NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series from Vegas, uh, tune in on the iRacing platforms. If you're looking for some racing that we can't uh, get some real race cars on the track, that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you to Braden Langell. Thank you to Richard Atkinson. Uh, for Paul Strickland Jr., a Denver matchup, my name is Tim Terry. We will see you next time when we say let's go racing. Until next Monday, keep the hammer down. We'll see you at the track. Yeah.